you are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067 in Auburn and Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. Online on Fox Sports 983.com and ESPNAU.com. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Tuesday edition of the show. Hour number one officially underway here on ESPN 106.7 in Auburn, Opelika, and on Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 in Birmingham and Sylacauga. Hope you're all doing well on this sunny, beautiful Tuesday afternoon here in the Auburn Opelika area. Lots to talk about on the show today. You can call in, be involved, be a part of the show. I would love to hear from you, the listener. The phone number to get you through to me is 334-321-1390. That number again is 334-321-1390. Have a great show on tap for you today. We'll be talking to Zach Blackerby, host of Locked On Auburn and writer for Auburn Daily. He will be coming on the show today. We'll talk to him about everything going on around Auburn athletics. It's a busy week for Auburn with the College World Series for the baseball team. Of course, we have not yet talked to him about Auburn football's edition of Marcus Bragg, the edge transfer from Western Kentucky. And then, of course, the NBA draft is this Thursday night, just two days from today. It'll be the NBA draft where hopefully Jabari Smith will be the number one overall draft pick. So we talk about all of that and more with Zach Blackerby, host of Locked On Auburn and Auburn Daily. So make sure you stay around for that. That'll be at 2.30. Make sure you stay tuned for that. Zach Blackerby at 2.30 here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Hope you're all doing well. It's a great day because Auburn baseball is still alive in Omaha. That's right. Yesterday... During the show, I was giving you updates all show long from Auburn baseball's huge elimination game against Stanford. And as we were getting off the air, they were in the seventh inning. And Auburn, after being down 2-0 yesterday to Stanford, they come and put six unanswered runs on the Cardinal. And as we were coming off the air... Auburn was winning, everything was looking good, and that's how it ended. Auburn was able to survive yesterday. If you stuck around and listened to the drive uh, from 4-6 to six with Bill and Dan, you heard, I'm sure they talked about uh, the, the ending of the game and Auburn surviving in Omaha. So, of course, Auburn, they win yesterday. They beat Stanford. They live to see another day, which is tonight. It doesn't take very long. Tonight at 6 o'clock, Auburn will take on Arkansas, that's right. Ole Miss beat Arkansas pretty heavily last night. Uh, Ole Miss is, without a doubt, the hottest team in college baseball right now. We talked to Jacob Hillman yesterday from the Auburn Sports Network. He was leaning towards Arkansas. I was leaning towards Ole Miss. But I think after last night, last night's game, I think we can all agree that Ole Miss is the hottest team in the College World Series. But keep that in mind because that is going to come up a little bit later. But, of course, Ole Miss beats Arkansas last night, and Auburn will take on the Razorbacks tonight at 6 o'clock. And what's tough about what Auburn has to do now is they have to beat Arkansas, and then they have to beat Ole Miss twice. 
That's what's so tough about it. Ole Miss is yet to lose, not just in the College World Series, but in postseason play. Ole Miss hasn't lost, folks. They have not lost yet since they got into postseason play. I just I, I just don't know how they're going to get beat right now. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But tonight's game, Auburn versus Arkansas, a matchup we saw earlier in the year when Arkansas was the number four team in the country. Do you remember that? Do you remember when Arkansas was the fourth-ranked team in the country? I do. And then they took a pretty big dive in their season where everything just went wrong. It seemed like they couldn't figure it out. Nobody really knew what to expect from them coming into the postseason. And now here we are in Omaha where Arkansas has seemed to have figured it out. We know the talent that this Arkansas team has. Again, they were the number four team in the country for a reason, right? We talk about these things all of the time here on the show. They were at one point the number four team in the country. When they played Auburn, they were number four in the country They have the talent to be that good. They have since figured it out. They have started to play really, really good baseball, and I think they just went up against a great team last night. Do not overlook Arkansas. This is a very, very tough game tonight for Auburn. But when you talk about what Auburn did so well yesterday, late in the Stanford game, it really didn't come on until about the fifth inning for Auburn. If you were here yesterday during the first hour of the show, I begged, I pleaded, I I was on the verge of tears asking for Auburn's offense, the baseball team, to get the offense going because that is what drives this team to success. It is what this team does the best. And then they finally found it. They finally broke through, I think, at least in yesterday's game, the offense did, after getting a couple guys on base and then getting thrown out by horrible base running. They came right back in the next inning, put more guys on base. They scored four runs and then turned around in the next inning and scored two more. And, you know, Cole Foster with the big double was the big one. Obviously, Bobby Pierce got involved. So many got Rambush really got going yesterday as well. So it was a great game for Auburn offensively in the second half, if you will. And I hope that Auburn is able to, to continue that trend today. They're going to go up against an Arkansas team that has some really good pitchers. They had a bullpen day yesterday. They will be, should be at full strength today. We're going to see how it goes tonight. That game is at 6 o'clock. And Auburn, again, you've got to stay hot with the bats. That is what Auburn does best. It'll be Mason Barnett, uh, I think, is who is going to be on, on the mound tonight for Auburn. Good starting pitching. You've got to start out well. If you can keep Arkansas to a few runs, Just like Auburn did yesterday with Stanford. Remember when Stanford, they scored those two early runs, but then they held them right there, and they didn't let them score any, right? I kept talking in the first hour yesterday. I was saying, if the pitching staff can continue to keep this game close and keep the offense in it until the offense wakes up, that's what will help Auburn. I think you have to be able to do that tonight as well if you're Auburn. You're going up against, in my opinion, a better offensive team in Arkansas than you did yesterday in Stanford, which is why starting pitching and bullpen pitching will be so key tonight. It'll be so crucial. I'm not saying you have to pitch a perfect game or a no-hitter or a shutout. You would love to see those things. But I think you've got to keep this Arkansas team, I'm going to say under three or four runs, no more than four Because if the Auburn offense doesn't get going quite like they did yesterday, 
Auburn may not score more than four or five runs. And so if you're the pitching staff, that's got to be your mindset is let's keep these three would be perfect. I think if you can keep this Arkansas team to three runs or less, that gives them enough cushion for the offense to be able to come back. But yet you can't really put it on the pitching staff if they only give up three runs. That's sort of my mindset, especially against this Arkansas team, a, a team that we know can put up some runs. They did it in the first round of the College World Series. They can put up some runs. Obviously, they didn't put up a ton yesterday, but that was just Ole Miss being Ole Miss yesterday and last night. But today, Auburn, Arkansas, 6 o'clock. It's the second game of the day. The first game of the day is going on right now. That's an elimination game, and so is this one happening right now. Texas A&M and Notre Dame here in the bottom of the third. A&M on top, three to nothing. They put on three runs in the top of this third inning. It was 0-0 heading into the third, and Texas A&M has since put three on in the top of the third. So A&M and Notre Dame in the elimination game. Winner will stay alive. Loser is out. And, you know, you look at these two teams, Texas A&M and Notre Dame, Obviously, Notre Dame was the team, the outlier, if you will, uh, coming into postseason play, especially when they got to the Super Regional. They were able to upset Tennessee. They come in to Omaha. Nobody really knew what to expect. Were you going to get the team that upset Tennessee, or was there going to be a hangover and them just lose two games and, and go out? Look, I think Notre Dame has played really well. And yes, they're in, an, and in the elimination game with Texas A&M, but give Notre Dame a lot of credit. They have done so much more than a lot of people would expect them to be and to do. And here they are in Omaha in the elimination game. Texas A&M on the other side, they're the fifth ranked national team in this entire tournament. They are ranked number five in the country. And, you know, they come out and they beat Texas, then they lose. And now here they are in the elimination game Playing a Notre Dame team like I just talked about, you never know what you're going to get. Texas A&M is the better team. I would expect them to win, and they're currently on top 3 to nothing in the bottom of this third inning. The College World Series, unfortunately, has been... Uh, well, let me say it this way. Fortunately, there's been a lot of runs scored in this College World Series. I think we can all agree that's what we want to see is runs. I, I appreciate a good pitching duel every now and then. But ultimately, in the game of baseball, you do want to see some runs. But when it comes down to the game being competitive, not so much, especially later on in the game. Take the Arkansas Ole Miss game last night. It was competitive through the first few innings, and then Ole Miss started putting it on them, and they win 13-5. to Auburn and Stanford, it was 2-0. That was one of the better games, I think. It was 2-0, and then Auburn made their big run, but Stanford was shut down after that. And you look at some of the other games, A&M, when they played Texas, that was a 10-2 victory, 6-2 Oklahoma over this Notre Dame team. So there's just there's been a lot of runs, but I wouldn't say just a ton of close games. 13-8, 7-3, 17-2, this Arkansas team that put 17 on Stanford uh, in their first game. Ole Miss 5-1 over Auburn. And then again, 10-2, 6-2, 6-2, and 13-5, and currently already 3 to nothing. So 
Not that the games have been super competitive, but they have been fun to watch. And if you've been watching and keeping up with it, what do you think about the College World Series so far? Have you enjoyed it? What games have you been watching? How are you feeling about the Auburn-Arkansas game tonight? I'd love to hear from you here on the show. Give me a call, 334-321-1390. That number again is 334-321-1390. And looking at it right now, there is... There's still some teams in this thing that can win it all. I I came into this tournament saying I think all eight teams could win the tournament. I really did believe that. And you look at it right now at the top of the bracket, you have Texas A&M and Notre Dame. They're playing today. They will go on and play. The winner will go on and play Oklahoma, and you got to beat Oklahoma twice. That's an Oklahoma team that has taken care of business so far in Omaha. They're 2-0 so far in this College World Series. And then you look at the game tonight. Auburn and Arkansas, the winner will go on and play Ole Miss, and you got to beat them twice. So it's not going to be easy. Right, The favorites right now would obviously be Ole Miss and Arkansas. They have to get beat twice by the same team in this upcoming round if they want to have, you know, if they want to try and go on and win the national championship. I, I just don't know. I mean, that would be the easy pick, would be Ole Miss and Arkansas, just because of the path that they have and having to beat or having to get beat by the same team twice. We know how that goes. But I think the biggest surprise for me in this College World Series was Texas. That was the team I was actually pretty high on. They were ranked number nine on the national seed. I really thought they were going to play better than they did, but they just didn't. They lost their first game against this Notre Dame team that we're watching right now against Texas A&M. And then they turned around and they got blown out by A&M 10-2 in a huge rivalry, historic matchup. With a lot of hype, they got blown out 10-2, to and that was it. It's over. Texas went 0-2, and they got sent home. And I wasn't super surprised with Stanford. I didn't see them getting destroyed in Game 1, 17-2 from Arkansas. But I didn't see Stanford going super far, right? I didn't see that happening, in my opinion. I really thought that Arkansas and Auburn were going to play in this second round, the game that happened last night. It was Ole Miss instead, of course. But I think the biggest surprise for me has been Texas. I think that's really the the disappointment in Texas. But, hey, like I said yesterday, are we really surprised that that happened with Texas? I am, but at the same time, I'm not. I still stand by my statement. I, I made this statement coming into this College World Series when the brackets were made and looking at how the teams were divided up. I still believe this, and, and even more so now, with, with it being Ole Miss, Arkansas, and Auburn left in the bottom half of the bracket. Whoever comes out of that bottom half, whether it's Ole Miss, Arkansas, or Auburn, whoever comes out of that, will win the College World Series. That is my prediction. I said it from the start, even with Stanford still in the mix. I think whoever comes out of the bottom is going to win it all. I think these three teams are much, much better than the teams we're watching right now. Notre Dame, Texas A&M, and then ultimately Oklahoma. Not to discredit those teams because they are really good, especially Oklahoma. All they've done is take care of business. They beat Texas A&M 13-8 in their first game. Then they turned around and beat Notre Dame 6-2. They've taken care of business. They've beaten the teams in front of them. You can't, you can't gripe on them at all. They've done exactly what they're supposed to do. They await the winner of Texas A&M and Notre Dame. But I just think between Ole Miss, Arkansas, and Auburn, whoever comes out of that bunch – 
I think they're going to win the national championship. And, of course, the favorite is Ole Miss right now. Logically, that is my pick. I think Ole Miss, the way they're playing right now, I think they're going to win the national championship. I hope that's not the case. Of course, we want Auburn to win it, but the path is so tough for the Tigers. They take on Arkansas tonight, 6 o'clock on ESPN. If they win tonight, they will play Ole Miss tomorrow, 6 o'clock on ESPN. If they win that game, they would play again on Thursday, June 23rd at 6 o'clock on ESPN2. So that is the timeline that we are looking at if Auburn is to try to make a run at this thing. And if they happen to win that game, the second game against Ole Miss, the championship round would begin on June 25th. I believe that is Saturday. Let me double check. That is. So game one of the finals of this College World Series is Saturday at 6 o'clock. And then game two is on Sunday. Game three, if necessary, is on Monday. So Auburn, look, you've still got to win, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, at least five games. You've got to win five games right now if you're Auburn in a row. And that's what makes it so tough, especially since they lost that first game. That's why I talked about yesterday the odds are against Auburn to win the national championship And the odds are against any team that loses their very first game in Omaha. Because if you lose your first game, you can't mess up. You have no room for error the entire rest of the way. And obviously, the deeper you go into the tournament and the deeper you go into this College World Series, the better the teams get, the the hotter these teams get, and the more comfortable they get also. You look at teams like Oklahoma and Ole Miss, they're rolling. They're 2-0. A team like Ole Miss hasn't lost, and how do you how do you get up and get ready and beat that team time and time again? It's going to be really tough for Auburn. That's why the odds are against them, but I'm not saying it can't happen. Okay, I'm not saying that at all. This team has enough talent, but it's a tough, tough task for Auburn to try to win this national championship. But hey, before you start looking at the College World Series final, you got to look at the game tonight. 6 o'clock against Arkansas, the elimination game, Auburn and Arkansas, 6 o'clock on ESPN. We're off and running here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Give me a call. What do you think about the College World Series? I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Stay tuned. Question of the day on the other side of this break. Welcome back into the Tuesday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Auburn, Opelika and on Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. Jacob Goins with you here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Hey, we're 74 days away from the college football season. 74 days away until September third when Auburn football will kick off the season uh, and everybody else will kick off the college football season as well. 74 days until the college football season a question of the day all right here you go i want to hear from you here on the question of the day give me a call 334-321-1390 question of the day is this i kind of i kind of already spoiled it a little bit but question of the day is Ole miss in the college world series right now the Ole miss baseball team are they the hottest team in college baseball right now that's the question of the day to you. I want to hear your answer. 334-321-1390. Is Ole Miss, are they the hottest college baseball team right now? That is the question of the day. Let's look at what Ole Miss has been doing 
in this postseason. You look at the end of the regular season for this Ole Miss team, all they did was, let's see, in their last four SEC series, okay, they played this number four Arkansas team, the team they beat last night, okay, they played them at the end of April and beginning of May. They lost two of three at Arkansas. They won the first game and then lost the next two at Arkansas. They turned around and they swept Missouri. Then they went to Southern Miss, the number 11 ranked team in the country, in a midweek game. They won that. And then, okay, and then they went to LSU, the ranked number nine team in the country, and they swept LSU on the road. Well, then they came home and lost two out of three against this Texas A&M team we're watching right now against Notre Dame. So that's how they ended the regular season. Then Ole Miss went to the SEC tournament, and they did exactly what Auburn did. They lost in their very first game to Vanderbilt, 3-1. to one. They, knock, they got knocked out of SEC tournament in Hoover in the very first game they played. And since then, folks, Ole Miss hasn't lost a baseball game. They said, no, nah, we're not losing anymore. We didn't like that very much. We're done. We're just going to beat everybody we play. You look in the NCAA regionals for Ole Miss, they opened up and beat Arizona 7-4. to Then they beat Miami, who was ranked 6th nationally. They beat them 2-1. to And then they played that Arizona team again and absolutely smacked them 22-6 to to win the regional. Then they move on to the Super Regional. Remember when they had to go to Southern Miss? Ole Miss, I think this is really where they started to build some momentum. They didn't have to travel across the country like Auburn did. Auburn had to go from Auburn, Alabama to Corvallis, Oregon, right? Ole Miss didn't have to do that. They traveled across the state. They went from Oxford down to Southern Mississippi to take, to take on Southern Miss, who was then ranked 10th nationally and If you remember, and I own up to it, I said Southern Miss was going to win that series. I didn't think that Ole Miss had what it take or had what it took, I guess, to win that series. I thought they beat up on Arizona, who I didn't think was all that great. I didn't know that Ole Miss was going to do what they did. I liked Southern Miss being at home. Obviously, the Rebels had quite a few fans over at Southern Miss being in the same state you can drive from point A to point B right there. But Ole Miss, not only did they win that series in two games, they didn't let Southern Miss score a single run. It was 10-0 in the first game and 5-0 in the second game. They didn't give up a run in the Super Regional. 15-0 over two games, Ole Miss beats Southern Miss. And I really do think that's where they just built their momentum and caught fire and decided we can actually win this national championship. We can beat whoever we play and so far, Ole Miss has done that. After they went 3-0 and in their regional, they went 2-0 and in their super regional. They get here to Omaha. Of course, they beat Auburn in the first game on Saturday 5-1 to with DeLucia pitching just an absolute gem of a game against an Auburn team who we talk about all the time. Their offense is their go-to. He held them to a single run, right? He held this, this Auburn team to a single run in what was one of the best outings you're going to see in this College World Series from DeLucia from Ole Miss. They beat Auburn 5-1, to and then, of course, last night, 13-5 to over Arkansas. And you look at the box score for this Ole Miss-Arkansas game. In the very first inning, they jumped on it early. Ole Miss, they went up 2-0 in the first, and you thought, oh, no, here we go again. Ole Miss is going to blow the doors off. Well, Arkansas was able to score one, make it 2-1. to 
Then the second inning happened. Ole Miss said, hey, we're going to do that again. They put on two more runs. Arkansas said, not so fast, my friend. They put on two runs. It was four to three heading to the third. Ole Miss said, yeah, we liked that. We're going to do that one more time. They put on two more runs in the third inning to make it six to three, and then Ole Miss never looked back. After a six to three lead, they put on four in the fifth to make it 10, and then they put on three more to make it 13. Arkansas was able to score two in the bottom of the ninth, but really didn't even put the dent into the end of the lead for Ole Miss, and the Rebels win 13 to five. They outhit Arkansas 13 to eight. Both teams had one error, but Ole Miss. They're doing everything they need to do. They're hitting and they're scoring at will and they're holding teams to to a decent, you know, a very small amount of runs here in these last couple of games. In their last four games, they've held opponents to six total runs. Think about that. In the Super Regional and then here in Omaha, in the last four games, Ole Miss has held their opponents to a combined six runs. That's winning baseball. And then on the other side, If you add up their runs, they've outscored their opponents in their last four games. You have 33-6. to That's what Ole Miss has done over the last four games in postseason play. They've outscored opponents 33-6. to That's winning baseball, folks. You can't do it any better than that. You cannot do it any better than that. 33-6 to in the biggest games on the highest level of college baseball. Super Regional and then College World Series. I don't know how they're going to get beat. I really don't. So what do you think? Is Ole Miss the hottest team in college baseball right now? Why or why not? I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. I don't see how you can argue that they're not. I think they are. I really do. I think Ole Miss is the hottest team in college baseball. I think they're the team to beat right now. With that being said, I could very easily see... Something happening and this Ole Miss team lose their momentum, get rocked one game, go cold offensively, and get beat by somebody like Arkansas or Auburn in that lower half of the bracket. I could see that because it's baseball. Those types of things happen. And I'm not saying something bad happened like an injury or anything like that. I'm not wishing that on them at all. I'm saying this is baseball and this is college baseball. We saw Auburn go through that. We saw Auburn go through a cold spell. Teams go through cold spells. It happens. Do I think that's going to happen to this Ole Miss team? No, I don't. I really don't. I think Ole Miss is the hottest team in college baseball. I think they are the team to beat in Omaha. And whether it's Auburn, Arkansas, or Oklahoma, or one of the other schools, it's going to be really, really tough to beat this Ole Miss team twice in the same series. I just don't see it happening. Ole Miss is the hottest team in college baseball, and I just don't see how you can argue otherwise. Stay tuned. We're going to have Zach Blackerby, the host of Locked on Auburn and Auburn Daily on the other side of this break. Stay tuned. Halfway through hour number one here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goins with you here. We're live here on ESPN 106.7 in the Auburn-Opelika area and on Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. Halfway through hour number one of the Tuesday edition of On the Line. 
Of course, like we always do here on Tuesday at 2.30, Zach Blackerby of Locked On Auburn and Auburn Daily. So sit back, relax by conversation with Zach Blackerby, host of Locked On Auburn and Auburn Daily. Zach Blackerby of Locked On Auburn and Auburn Daily here on On The Line. Zach, there's a lot going on in the Auburn sports world, so let's jump right into it. We'll start with Auburn football. They have hit the transfer portal yet again, bringing in their 10th player of the offseason in Marcus Bragg, the edge player from Western Kentucky. What are your reactions to to Marcus Bragg committing to the Tigers? Yeah, I I don't see a clear path to playing time with him, Jacob. I I think he was brought in as a depth piece, and I think a lot of people – are okay with that. Look, I think Auburn gets more out of this addition than Marcus Bragg does. And, of course, we don't know what Marcus Bragg's, you know, personal situation is or what his goals are or anything like that. We have no idea. Um, we don't know what his relationship with his coaching staff or Rockbell and Tony. We, we don't know any of that. But just looking at it from the outside, looking in, you know, Auburn gets a guy that was a dude who was able to play 400 snaps last year for uh, the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Um Good size, can play all across the defensive front. It's assumed he will be an edge defender, an edge rusher for the Auburn Tigers to offer some depth. And I think, you know, Auburn goes and gets a, a guy that was a starter at Western Kentucky to agree to come in and probably be the fourth or fifth edge rusher on this team, which, you know, I, I think I think the Tigers roster gets better because of him. But I, I don't think this is a boomer bust type of thing. I think it is just what it is. And Zach, what does it mean for Auburn to go after a guy that does have so much experience? A trend that I think Auburn is trying to repeat over time in the transfer portal. You know, it's interesting, Jacob, because I kind of predicted them to do the opposite when, when at this point of the season or at this point of the year and part of the offseason. It, it, just because, look, I, I don't understand going out and getting depth when this guy has one year left of eligibility that, you know, they did it, you know, plucking a talented guy out of um, Memphis as well. And it's like, it's great for Auburn, but like, what are these kids that are coming in getting out of it? Full-time starters at other schools and they go up and move up to the SEC level and they're presumed depth pieces. And look, this coaching staff is probably pitching them, you know, the chance to compete and things like that. But this kid's not beating out Derek Hall and Ecoliotis. It's not happening. I don't think he's beating out Dylan Brooks either. And so, um, experience is good. Obviously, you take it, but the it doesn't really answer the question long term of what does this edge position look like after 2022. Um, and, and to me, I think that's a pretty big concern. Same with the offensive line. I mean, there's there's a handful of position groups where it's like, okay, it's good right now, or it's manageable right now, but what do you do after the season? This ad doesn't. Um, doesn't really do anything to impact that. Talking to Zach Blackerby of Locked On Auburn and Auburn Daily, you're talking about Marcus Bragg not maybe not having a clear path to playing time. You alluded to only having one year of eligibility left. Do you think it was maybe something that Auburn was selling that he was interested in, that he would come here rather than go somewhere else where he would have some more playing time? I think there's a chance Auburn missed on some other guys. I, I, I do not think Bragg was Auburn's first choice. You know, that Isildur dude out of UCLA, I think Auburn really wanted him. There's been a few other guys that they've talked to in the portal that have gone elsewhere. I think this was just a guy that's like, you know, we've got plenty of scholarship spots. He makes our roster better. I think he's better than giving a scholarship to a walk-on. 
uh, and Auburn's got plenty of scholies to give. So I, I think it makes sense. Like, look, I, 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 this, he makes Auburn's roster better. There's no question about it. That's not debatable. It's just, you know, how much, how much is he going to impact what happens on the field in 2022? I, I think it's pretty slim. And look, even when he gets on the field, you know, and there's a chance that they see something in him, and it's like, you know, if they change a few things regarding technique, you know, he's going to be able to get a whole lot better. But Cole Pinkston with, with AuburnLive.com, the on three site, he did a great job breaking it, uh, breaking down this commitment. And he used a few gists to kind of illustrate this. And then I saw it when I was watching some of the tape that I could find on YouTube is this guy has one move and he's big. He's like six four two sixty. Um, he'll power, you know, he just uses like a bull rush, a power rush. He pushes you back into the pocket, and then it allows him as defenders to do that. In the SEC, you can't do that. In the SEC, you have to have different, um, different tools, different tools in, you know, in your arsenal. You got to be able to have a rip. You got to be able to have a swim. You got to be able to have a spin. You know, you got to be able to do all these different things. And I'm just not confident he can do that. Um, but maybe they saw something in him. Maybe they can develop him in the short time that he'll be here. And, Zach, this is the 10th player that Auburn has brought in through the transfer portal this offseason. Look, I thought they were done two or three players ago, but yet they still go out and grab a couple more. Of the 10 that Auburn has brought in, are you impressed with what Auburn football has done in the transfer portal this offseason? I think so. I, you know, I think they added some starters. Obviously, the quarterback. You know, I, I think Calzado or Ashford, probably Calzado will be the starter there. Um, I think Jason Jones is going to be a great add. You may not see the true fruits of that this season, but I think after this season he's going to be able to have the opportunity to have a huge role, and he certainly could have a big role in 2022. I like the Eugene Asante add. I like the DJ James add at corner. I love Craig McDonald. He may be one of Auburn's best defenders this year. I just think the sky's the limit with him. Uh, does Alan Warsham offers you some depth in the future? He's got plenty of eligibility left. And then Coy Moore of LSU, I think he could be an absolute stud for the Tigers this season and for the next few seasons because he's got plenty of eligibility as well. So I, I like it. I like it. I, I still think you need more in some positions. And I'm not really talking about getting guys that can help you this season. I'm talking about guys that can kind of help you in the offensive line room after 2022 because you're going to probably lose – you got a chance to lose all five of your starters after this season. The same with the defensive line. Um, go out and get some defensive linemen outside of Jason Jones that will be able to help you after this season. Um, we haven't really seen that. So they're not done, and there's plenty of guys in the portal that are talented and are former you know, sought-after recruits that are just kind of sitting in the portal waiting for somebody to call and, and you know, a, a fit to be had. But – you know, these guys have plenty of years of eligibility left. I expected Auburn to go get more redshirt freshmen and redshirt sophomores from the portal, and we haven't really seen that yet, but there's still plenty of time. On the phone with Zach Blackerby of Locked On Auburn and Auburn Daily, switching over to baseball now. Of course, Auburn baseball still alive in Omaha after dropping yeah. their first game against Ole Miss. They're still alive after a fantastic game yesterday. Uh, just speak to the resilience and the fight in this Auburn baseball team that we have seen all postseason long. Well, you know, you see coaches go after guys that have a certain character trait and certain personality. And all of these guys have the same mentality 
under Butch Thompson, and they're just going to fight until they can't fight anymore. And I think, I think Cole Foster really showed that in a nutshell. I mean, the guy was exhausted. It took him forever to get to second base on that huge double, but he did it because he's wanted to do this for his entire life. And so props to him for doing that. Props to him. You know, I don't know what's better, Michael Jordan's flu game or what Cole Foster did yesterday. <laughs> Uh, but uh, obviously really, really cool to see. And so this team's gotten better throughout the course of the season. They hit a little bit of a slump late in the regular season, and then you know their bats really took a backseat against uh, what Ole Miss did in their opening action in the College World Series. But uh, Delusha for Ole Miss just picked them apart. He was incredible. So they bounce back against Stanford, which is outstanding. And then obviously they take on a really good Arkansas team, an Arkansas team, that beat them two out of three times this season. Granted, that series was in Fayetteville, um, and Auburn hung with them. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Arkansas did a bullpen game yesterday, so we'll see what that does for their reserves and you know if Auburn can get their starter out of the game quickly, what that means. I think that's got to be definitely the goal. Um, but, yeah, this Auburn team could certainly win tonight, and that put them in the Final Four, Jacob. And if you would have told all of us that at the start of the season, we all would have taken it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We definitely would have taken it. And it seems to, to to come up that Auburn, in their first game against Ole Miss, they lost against the hottest team in college baseball. I don't think anybody can deny that, especially after their uh, their, defe- or their their win over Arkansas. And so let me ask you this, speaking with Zach Blackerby of Locked on Auburn and Auburn Daily, if Auburn is to win tonight, how far can they go? Do you think this team is fully equipped to win a national championship? I think they're in a tough spot right now. I mean, if they would have beaten Ole Miss in game one, I think it's a little bit different. But it's just tough. I mean, think about the path that's in front of them now. you got to beat Arkansas once, and then you got to beat Ole Miss twice. And then uh, you're probably playing Oklahoma in a two out of three series, and they're, they're playing really good ball right now. So I don't know. I don't know if they're – I think from a personnel standpoint, they could do it. But just with the, the how difficult it is to overcome that first loss in Omaha, it's tough. It's really, really tough. But they certainly could do it. It's just they got quite the uphill battle. But, hey, that starts tonight at 6 o'clock. Absolutely. And now we'll talk a little bit of basketball with the NBA draft being this week, this Thursday night. Obviously, the talk around here is, will Jabari Smith be the number one overall pick? The betting odds say that he will be, but some of the lines have been moving. I've been kind of watching it over the last week or so. Some of the lines are moving, and some guys are moving up and down. What's your take on on the NBA draft and if Jabari Smith will go number one overall this week? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're kind of had an interesting discussion yesterday with the odds for Paolo rising up, you know, could Orlando possibly go with, you know, the Duke superstar. I think it's still going to be Jabari, you know, just reading some stuff, um, you know, that cover the Orlando Magic. Jabari is the only player they've had to come in and work out. Um, the Magic have invited the Auburn um, alumni base in Orlando to, to come and watch the game at their draft party. And to me, I think that's, I think that's enough. I think they know what they're doing there. There's a huge alumni base there for the Tigers, and I think the Magic are aware of that. And to me, I think it, it starts and ends with Jabari Smith. I think that's who it's going to be. But, you know, the NBA, they want to stir up some drama, and I, I don't blame them for that. I think they absolutely should. Um, 
but yeah, I, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be Jabari at number one, Jacob. And you know, tell if the Orlando Magic were happen to be listening to this show and listening to you speak over on this topic, why should they take Jabari Smith number one overall as a basketball player? I think he's an alpha. I think he makes your team better. I think he's a fighter. I think he's going to put in more work than anybody else in the draft because uh, that's what he's been doing since he was like 12 years old. He's wanted to be an NBA player. And having a father like he does um, that's done it, he knows what it takes. He knows what it takes more than anybody else. And so I think that's a big part of it. And you can kind of get into the X's and O's. And I talked to you know the host of Locked on Magic, and he explained to me how he thinks he'll be a better NBA player with his skill set than a college player, which is a super interesting thing. Usually it's the other way around. So um, there, there's a lot to like. He can score from anywhere on the floor. He's going to give you more effort on defense than anybody else in this draft. I think that's been proven. Um, I mean, he, he, he's just going to make your team better. And obviously, I think the Orlando Magic and the Oklahoma City Thunder, because I don't think he'll slide past those two teams, Like they're going to need more than just Jabari Smith right, to, to make them a good basketball team. But, man, what a great piece. What a great start. Talking to Zach Blackerby of Locked On Auburn and Auburn Daily, Zach, we're ending, you know, we're getting to the end of the month of June. We're still, you know, 70-something days away from the college football season. I want to start diving into Auburn's football schedule just a little bit here in this, uh, in this phone call. The first two games on Auburn football schedule, Mercer and San Jose State, both night games at home. It's, it's the first two of five straight home games for Auburn football to start the season. Obviously, those are games that you want to see Auburn win. They should win against Mercer and San Jose State. But what are some things that you are looking for in those first two games of the season before the big matchup with Penn State? Yeah, I think, uh, I think the big thing is quarterback play, right? Do, do they, are they sharp, whoever wins the job? Do we just see one guy with the starters? Is it going to be a rotation? Like uh, Everything about the quarterback situation is interesting. And I think the wide receiver rotation will be some interesting things that we can take away from that. Do they kind of go with four or five guys and they leave those guys in for the entire first half? Do they rotate more often? Um, how often does Shedrick Jackson come off the field? There's a lot to look at there. And then, you know, formationally, I think they're going to hide a lot of things. So you may see less two tight end fronts. You may see John Samuel Shanker not all over the field because why would you show Penn State that? Um, then defensively, uh, I think it's all about personnel. You know, who you're starting corners in those two games. How often are they in nickel? Um, you know, a, a lot of formational stuff on defense I think will be more interesting from a personnel standpoint as far as, you know, how often do they go with two linebackers? Who are the two linebackers? Does Owen Papo look good? Um, there'll be a lot of little things I think we can pick up on. But obviously, you know, how much they beat San Jose State or Mercer by, um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. you got to use those games to get better and learn more about yourself before you get ready for Penn State. And Zach, how important is it for those first two games, not just to be at home, but to be night games inside Jordan-Hare? Because we all know the difference of atmosphere between the day games at Jordan-Hare and the night games at Jordan-Hare, especially in early September here in the state of Alabama. Yeah, and a lot of people are talking about, you know, maybe Penn State won't be ready for the heat. And I'm like, I, I don't know if I'm buying that. I, I would have rather taken the night game against Penn State, obviously for recruiting, but then obviously the, uh, the environment as well. There's just so many perks to it. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I think the, the 2.30 game is cool. You're on CBS. Some people are really into that. Um, I think with streaming becoming more and more popular, I don't think that really matters as much as it used to, but whatever. 
But, you, you, you know, I, I think obviously Penn State is going to be uh, hungry. I think they're going to want to have a lot to prove. A lot of people are kind of counting them out in the Big Ten, much like a lot of people are counting Auburn out in the SEC. So um, it's going to be a big prove-it game for, for, uh, for both teams. Well, Zach, I appreciate you and your time. As always, in the coming weeks, we're going to continue to dive through this Auburn football schedule as we get closer to SEC media days and then ultimately as we get closer to the countdown and the kickoff to the 2022 college football season. I appreciate you and your time, man. Let everybody know where they can keep up with everything you're doing. Yeah, just search Locked on Auburn wherever you consume any form of media or content. We will pop up there your favorite podcast app youtube google wherever and then uh check out auburndaily.com for some of our written work that is uh sports illustrated's auburn site auburndaily.com that was my conversation with zach blackerby of course the host of locked on auburn and a writer for auburn or for auburn daily excuse me so that was the conversation with him we covered a lot uh with auburn athletics baseball basketball and football so make sure you go and find all of zach's work with locked on auburn and auburn daily let's take our final break here in hour number one when we come back we'll talk about the stanley cup finals how the tampa bay lightning have survived and extended this series just a little bit stay tuned we'll wrap up hour number one on the other side of this break Wrapping up hour number one here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7 in Auburn, Opelika, and on Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Silicaga. Big thank you to Zach Blackerby, host of Locked on Auburn and with Auburn Daily uh, for coming on the show, talking about all things Auburn athletics as he does every single week here on On the Line. We talked about Auburn football, basketball, and baseball. So a lot that we uh, talked about there in the interview with Zach Blackerby. So if you missed any of that or any of my conversations, my discussions here in hour number one, make sure you go and find the podcast. Just search On the Line wherever you get your podcasts. A little bit of an update on this second or this first game of the day, excuse me, of the College World Series between Texas A&M and Notre Dame. Of course, Auburn and Arkansas play tonight in the second game, but game one of the day, Notre Dame is trailing Texas A&M. It's a five nothing lead for the Aggies on top of Notre Dame in the bottom of the fifth. Notre Dame does have a runner on second, so they are trying to get something going, but. As of right now, Texas A&M all over Notre Dame, 5 to nothing. And yet again, here's another game that already is not super competitive. We've got runs, but they're all for one team. And, you know, Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network yesterday brought that up, and I hadn't really thought about it until he pointed it out. And I was like, you know, you're right. All of these games have just been blowouts so far. Not that 5 nothing is a, a considered a blowout, but... 5 nothing is not really competitive in the fifth inning. Now, if Notre Dame puts on two or three, then yeah, they're still in the ballgame. But even with a grand slam, you still can't even tie the game. So 5 nothing is, is getting into the territory of a blowout. And obviously, Notre Dame has not been able to stop Texas A&M a whole lot today on the offensive side. And unless the bullpen for Notre Dame just goes absolutely locked down, 
you would expect Texas A&M to score a couple more runs. So we'll see how that goes. But make sure you stay tuned. We'll be back for hour number two. I did say that the Tampa Bay Lightning and the NHL Stanley Cup Finals, they did win last night. We'll talk about that some more in making headlines. But they stay alive. It's not 3 nothing anymore. It's 2-1 in the Stanley Cup. But we're going to talk about that and so much more on hour number two. Make sure you stay tuned. Hour number two coming up on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. On the line, live on ESPN 1067 in Auburn and Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. Online on Fox Sports 983.com and ESPNAU.com. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You're on the line here on ESPN 1067 in Fox Sports Central Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Tuesday edition of the show. Hour number one officially in the books. You know what that means. Hour number two officially underway here on ESPN 1067 in Auburn, Opelika, and on Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 up through Birmingham and Sylacauga. Hope you're all doing well on this Tuesday afternoon. Sun is shining. It's a beautiful day here in the Auburn, Opelika area. Hopefully you are staying safe, staying cool, and having a great Tuesday afternoon. Wherever you are listening, I appreciate you tuning in. If you're still here from hour number one, thank you so much. If you are just now tuning in here for hour number two, thank you as well. I appreciate you all being here on this Tuesday edition of On the Line. If you missed any of hour number one, make sure you go and find the podcast. Just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. I'll upload that immediately following today's show. So make sure you go and find that. We had our conversation with Zach Blackerby, host of Locked On Auburn and with Auburn Daily. So make sure you go and find that. We talked a lot about Omaha Auburn baseball as they get ready to play Arkansas tonight. And I also posed the question of the day. We will get to that uh, here in a little bit in this second hour. So lots that happened back in hour one. Make sure you go and find the podcast wherever you get your podcast if you were uh, not able to catch all of that. Also, phone lines are open here in hour number two. Anything that's on your mind in the sports world, any questions, comments, concerns, Anything going on, whether it's related to Auburn, related to something I'm talking about, if it's something completely unrelated, as long as it's related to sports, we can talk about it. Let's call in. Let's have a conversation. I would love to hear from you. You can call in, be a part of the show, give your thoughts and opinion about anything in the sports world. The number to get you through to me is 334-321-1390. Again, that phone number is 334-321-1390. We are 74 days away from the college football season when Auburn and everybody else will kick off the 2022 season. That's right, 74 days away from September 3rd. It's going to start going quickly now, folks. I can promise you that. We hit the countdown to 75. Now it's the countdown to 50. And after that, I promise you, it will go by just like that in in the snap of your fingers. So 74 days away from the college football season. Before we get into making headlines, I've got a phone call. Let me grab that real quick. We'll get them on the air. Stay tuned. 
Thanks for listening to On the Line. Please stay tuned as we take this phone call. You may get involved as well. Call 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Let's head to the phone lines, 334-321-1390. Andrew on line one, welcome in. Hey, War Eagle, how are you? War Eagle to you. I'm doing all right. What you got for me? Hey, uh, I'm out here painting, listening. It's nice to, to hear all this talk and wanted to call in when Zach was on, uh, but had paint on my hands. But um, if you're still listening, Zach, you know, I follow you on uh, a lot of your streams and YouTube and whatnot. And thank you. With you, uh, man, I just want to say so proud of Auburn, other sports, <laughs> for picking up. Uh, um, I was um, – Diehard Auburn football fan, and, and yeah. it just got dirt, dirty. I, I worked for Auburn; it was the best worst experience of my life. Um, so I needed something to, to keep me, um, you know, crying orange and blue. And, and we had Cam Newton, and that did it. So right, and you know, really upset with how we handled uh, old coach. And uh, I'm not saying he didn't need to go, but I wish he would have let the, the team grow. And and um, I was screaming, you know, don't fire him because. Any fool would know. I mean, anyone that's not a fool would know what would happen, you know, and we implode it. So, broke hearts, a lot of us, and just, man, thank you, basketball. Thank you, Coach Pearl. Thank you, Coach Butch. Um, Thomas with baseball, gymnastics. Um, man, they're pulling us through. So, just keep it going. Love it. And uh, War Eagle. Yeah, War Eagle. Well, there's no doubt about it that even with football being, you know, sort of down, thank you for the call, man. I really do appreciate it. Uh Look, Andrew, I appreciate that call here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Look, there's no doubt about it. With football being down, it has been nice to to have some other sports around Auburn be really, really good. You've got, obviously, basketball and, and, and baseball being good. You've got gymnastics that has been really, really high level. I think softball is about to be on the rise. Also, I mean, you've got some track and field stars. I don't know how deep you go, Andrew, with with um, or with any other listener with Auburn Athletics. Obviously, the equestrian team. I think the soccer team is always really consistent and competitive. I think the volleyball team is on the rise. I've talked about it before here on the show. I think Auburn right now, Auburn Athletics in general, I think they have a great set of coaches on staff right now. I think the head coaches across multiple, multiple, and almost all, I think, of the sports at Auburn, I think the coaches are really, really good. And I think Auburn athletics in general are really going to start dominating some things in the next couple of years. And so I agree with you, my man, with Auburn football not being as good as it, as good as we would want it to be, having other sports to be excited about late into the season yeah, it's absolutely a fun time to be an Auburn Tiger with Auburn basketball, of course. I know they did have the early exit in the tournament, but the regular season was so much fun. And then, of course, with baseball right now in the College World Series, this has gone on longer than what a lot of people probably would have predicted. Let's just be honest. I don't think many people picked Auburn baseball to be this far in the College World Series, but yet here we are. And then you have gymnastics, like he mentioned, with Suni Lee and all of the other girls on that team who have gone and done great things for Auburn. You have other sports like equestrian that competes for national championships every year. And again, I think soccer, volleyball, those types of programs at Auburn are on the rise. I think they are going to do great things in the future. So it's a great time to be an Auburn Tiger. There's no doubt about it. Thanks for the call, man. I really do appreciate it. You can call in, be a part of the show as well. 334-321-1390.
1390. Anything on your mind in the sports world? If you want to call in, talk about Auburn. I'll talk about Auburn all day long. If you want to call in, talk about it. Let's do that. 334-321-1390. Well, here in hour number two, let's hit making headlines on Tuesday, June 21st, 2022. Of course, Auburn baseball in the College World Series. They will play their game tonight against the Arkansas Razorbacks and it's a big time game. And look, if Auburn if Auburn wants to make a run, obviously it starts tonight. They were able to win last night and or win yesterday, I should say. It was yesterday afternoon, a little bit after I got off the air, but they were able to beat Stanford, the the second ranked national team in the entire country. So, Auburn was able to win that game. Now they have to play another big time game. They got to turn around and play in about a 24-hour span. They have to play Arkansas, a team that they have seen a couple of times this year. They played a series back in the regular season when Arkansas was ranked number four in the country. It's a team that is completely different than I think than when that series was played. I think both of these teams are completely different. We talked about that uh, when we were discussing the Ole Miss game last week before I think it was on Thursday or Friday and we were previewing the Auburn baseball game versus Ole Miss the first game of the College World Series and we talked about how that game was going to be different than the first time those two teams met I think it's going to be the same situation here you can look back at that series for Auburn and Arkansas I think it's going to be different you see a team in Auburn that I think has gotten better and you see a team in Arkansas that They were really good, they took a big dip, and now they are back to playing some of the best baseball in all of college. So it's going to be a big-time matchup. I don't know what to expect. I think a lot of runs are going to be scored. I think pitching is going to be a hard thing. Good pitching is going to be a hard thing to come by because I expect both of these teams to jump on each other early on the scoreboard. I expect, I mean, I will not be surprised if there are multiple runs scored in the first inning on both sides, and I think it's going to be like that all night long. Not saying it's going to be, a, you know, a 15 to 14 type of win, but I think runs are going to come early, and it's going to take some time for both pitching staffs to get settled into this game because, again, it is another elimination game. Winner moves on, loser goes home tonight in Auburn versus Arkansas. And then, of course, the first game of the day is happening right now in Omaha, Texas A&M and Notre Dame. This is an elimination game as well. The winner will move on. The loser is out. The winner will move on to take on Oklahoma. And I've got it on here in the studio. And it looks like they're just coming out of a commercial as Notre Dame has gone to the bullpen, uh, putting in Will Mercer. So uh, last time I looked, it was 5 to nothing. I'll get you a score update on that in just a second when they get it back here on the screen. But... Last time I looked, it was Texas A&M 5 to nothing on top of Notre Dame late in this ballgame. That's an elimination game. It's game one of the day. Auburn and Arkansas play tonight after Auburn beat Stanford yesterday. What a fantastic, exciting game that was yesterday. If you were here with me on the show, we were going nuts. We were talking all about it. I was giving live updates as the game was going on, and as you know, as Cole Foster hit the big-time double, Auburn just exploded offensively after I begged for it for an hour. They finally decided to, to wake up a little bit and dig deep and find what they are good at. They know they're good offensively. We know they're good offensively. They were able to do that yesterday. They were able to break through a little bit. They beat Stanford yesterday. They move on. Auburn plays Arkansas tonight, 6 o'clock on ESPN. 
Be locked in on that TV, folks. I think a lot of runs are going to be scored. It's going to be exciting tonight. Auburn and Arkansas. Winner moves on to play Ole Miss. Loser, you're heading home. Moving on in making headlines, some more College World Series updates as I was talking about Texas A&M and Notre Dame. Top of the sixth. It's still 5-0 Texas A&M over Notre Dame, but the Aggies have a man on first and second with just one out, and as I said, the Fighting Irish have gone to the bullpen. So A&M all over Notre Dame, and yet again, another game in this College World Series that hasn't been super competitive. It's 5-0 with A&M threatening to score a couple more. This is just another game that hasn't been super competitive. I think the game tonight between Auburn and Arkansas is going to be a lot closer. Even if it is a three to four run victory on either side, I could see that, right? But I think it'll be close and it will be tense all nine innings. This is a big time SEC West matchup. I expect a lot of runs. I expect that game to be closer than a game like we're watching right now, Texas A&M and Notre Dame. Looks like A&M just advanced the runners to second and third. So they're up 5-0. They're threatening to score some more on Notre Dame. That was a little College World Series update for you. Moving on and making headlines. If you missed the news yesterday, we talked about Auburn football adding another transfer portal player, Marcus Bragg, an edge player from Western Kentucky. The guy has played a lot of football, but not at the level of the SEC West, right? He has a lot of snaps. He has a lot of skills and experience behind him. Keeping up with the trend that Auburn has gone after in the transfer portal, the football program has. They've gone after guys, for the most part, that have experience, that have played the game before. I personally like that. Uh, You know, we've talked to some people, especially Zach Blackerby. We talked to him back in hour number one. We're going to play that interview here in hour number two. So if you missed that, make sure you stay tuned. That'll be at 3.30. We talked to him and trying to, you know, give you a little preview of that. He expected them to do the opposite. And he kind of wanted them to. He wanted Auburn to go after some future guys. So make sure you stay tuned. He'll give you all of that on his thoughts on Auburn's transfer portal success or lack thereof. But when you talk about Marcus Bragg from Western Kentucky, He only has one year of eligibility, and yes, that's not a great thing because, or I guess no, it's not a great thing because he does only have one year, but this is a guy that Auburn just decided, hey, let's go get this guy, bring him in, make him a key part of the defense, maybe not a starter, but he's going to get some snaps and make some impact, but he's only going to be here for a year, so we're not going to build around him a whole lot. He's just a a plug-and-chug type player. You put him in, you don't have to teach him a whole lot besides your system. He can make some impact for you. He can probably help you win some games, and he's going to leave next year, and that's going to be that. So I'm not too worried about it. You get a guy that, again, knows how to play the game. He's played a ton of snaps. He has played Division I, obviously not in the SEC level, But I think there's some things he can learn. Auburn is just going to use him the best that they can, and after this year, he's going to be gone. So I wouldn't stress it too much. If he doesn't pan out to be something fantastic, I wouldn't worry about that. But I think he'll get some playing time. Not sure how much, not sure where but and when, but he will get some playing time. Marcus Bragg, the transfer portal edge from Western Kentucky, has committed to play for Auburn. Moving on and making headlines... We've talked a lot about the PGA Tour and the Live Golf Tour going head-to-head. That has been a brutal and just ugly 
dispute in the game of golf. It's been a it's been a rough two weeks for the game of golf, that sport. But today did not help it at all. Another big, big name has left the PGA Tour to join the Live Golf Tour. The four-time major champion Brooks Kepka has left the PGA Tour and is joining the Live Golf Tour. And it's interesting because he's been asked about this quite a few times. And over the weekend at the U.S. Open, he got pretty frustrated when people kept asking him about it. He got really frustrated. He said, look, quit asking me questions about this. I'm here to play the U.S. Open. It's, it's you guys talking about the reporters and the media. He said that they were putting a dark cloud over the U.S. Open and it wasn't right. And he got really frustrated. You can go and find his press conference. I watched a little bit of it on YouTube today doing some show prep. But he got really frustrated. But then he comes out today and he announces he's going to the Live Golf Tour. So I don't know. That's a little confusing to me. But yet again, another major name that's going to the Live Golf Tour who told the PGA Tour to kick rocks. That's exactly what's happening. They're going to play for more money. They are playing less golf for more money. And I think you're going to see more and more people do it. And right now, if you look at the balance between the names in the PGA Tour and the names on the Live Golf Tour, there's a lot of big names over at Live right now. I think it's a pretty good balance, but I think slowly over time, you will continue to see guys leave the PGA and go to the Live Golf Tour when you talk about the difference in the money. But the PGA did respond today. They came out and said they are trying to make some changes in their formats Basically, they, they released a big, long list of stuff that they're trying to do, a lot of formality stuff and a lot of language that a, a ton of people wouldn't really understand. Basically, what they're trying to do, and now I don't mean that in a bad way. I didn't fully understand it trying to read it. Basically, what they're saying, they're trying to pay their golfers more money is, is what they're trying to do. They're trying to increase the purse on their tournaments, which is the total payout for every player that makes the cut, right? They divide that up depending on where you place in the tournament. The PGA Tour is trying to pay their guys more money. Why? Because the Live Golf Tour is paying them more money. So the PGA Tour is trying to keep their players the best that they can. But Brooks Kapka announced today he's leaving the PGA Tour. He's heading to the Live Golf Tour. This is a guy that is really, really good, folks. He's won four majors, and he is a fantastic golfer. Whether you like him personally or not, I'm not the biggest fan of Brooks Kapka, I'll be honest. But the guy is good, and he's won four majors. So he announced today another big-time golfer leaving the PGA and heading to the Live Golf Tour. A couple of more headlines. I got to get through them fast so we can take our first break here in hour number two. The Tampa Bay Lightning in the Stanley Cup Final, they somehow did it. They came out and beat the Avalanche last night by a couple of goals. They looked like a completely different team at home last night, did the Tampa Bay Lightning. They win the game. They are back in the series, basically. It was a must-win for Tampa Bay last night. The series is now at a 2-1 lead for Colorado. Game four will be in a couple nights back in Tampa Bay. The Lightning, they're going to try and do it again. Remember in the Eastern Conference Finals against the New York Rangers, they got down 2-0. They came home to Tampa Bay. They evened it up, and then they didn't look back. They won that series in six games. Can the Tampa Bay Lightning do it again? I'm not too sure. I talked about it yesterday just a little bit. I said that Tampa Bay possibly could win last night but I wasn't super confident but they did somehow they figured it out can they win game four and even up the series my vote is no but we're gonna have to see the Stanley Cup finals it sits at 2-1 in favor of Colorado in our final headline before we take our first break Rob Gronkowski has retired yet again from the NFL 
It seems like this time is serious, but do we really know? It is Gronk. He kind of just does whatever he wants. And credit to him. He's living his best life, so good for him. He has retired. He announced it today. You know, he, he talked about when he was growing up, he had one dream, and he wanted to live it out and play in the NFL. Well, here he is. He has a great career. He'll go down as one of the best tight ends of all time, thanks to Tom Brady. There's no doubt about that. But he retired yet again today. Of course, he's, he retired once, and then Tom Brady asked him to come back, and he said, sure, why not? And now here we are again. Rob Gronkowski has retired yet again from the NFL. That's it for making headlines here on Tuesday, June 21st, 2022. When we come back, question of the day. I want to hear your answer. Is Ole Miss the hottest team in college baseball right now? That's the question of the day. We'll talk about it on the other side of this break. Let me know what you think. 334-321-1390. Off and running here in hour number two of the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7 in Auburn, Opelika, and on Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 in Birmingham and Sylacauga. Question of the day, is Ole Miss the hottest team in college baseball right now? That is the question of the day. Call in, let me know your answer, 334-321-1390. Why or why not? I'd love to hear from you. I tweeted it out today, as I have been trying to do uh, for the question of the day on my Twitter account, at Goins2Jacob, G-O-I-N-S, the number two, J-A-C-O-B. That is my Twitter handle. You can go and follow me and get the question of the day. You can respond on there. I'd love to interact with you on Twitter. But I had some people comment on that and This guy says, it's the dude on Twitter, kind of the dude that you're at. So if you're listening, thank you so much. He says, 100%. He says, Ole Miss is the hottest team in college baseball. I agree. There's no doubt about it. I mean, there's no doubt. You cannot tell me otherwise. You could have made the argument for Arkansas. Uh, You know, Jacob Hillman yesterday from the Auburn Sports Network, we talked to him. He picked Arkansas. He said it was a slight edge for Arkansas over Ole Miss. But the game last night would be the determiner. And here we are, right? Ole Miss put it on Arkansas last night. It was competitive early, and then Ole Miss just took advantage and and just put it on them, really. That's the best way I can put it. And so when you look at Ole Miss's record in this postseason, they're 7-0. They haven't lost. They have not lost since they hit postseason play. After they got beat in their first game in Hoover, sort of like Auburn, they haven't been beaten since. They won all three games in their regional. They swept their super regional in two games, and now they're 2-0 in Omaha. And now they await the winner of Arkansas and Auburn, and the winner of the game tonight between the Tigers and the Razorbacks has to go and beat Ole Miss twice. They have to beat them twice to move on. So Ole Miss has put themselves in a great position to make the national championship series and also win it. I think they're the favorite They're the pick to win it right now. How could you not pick Ole Miss? They are the hottest team in college baseball. But do you agree? Do you agree that they're the hottest team in baseball? And do you agree that they're the pick to win the national championship? I want to hear from you. 334-321-1390. I'm not saying that's what I want to happen, right? I want Auburn to go on and win the national championship. But look, this is on the line. The show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm going to tell you like it is. Ole Miss is the best team in the College World Series right now. They are playing the best baseball uh, better than anybody else right now. They have more momentum. They have everything that they need to win a national championship. 
And until somebody can throw them off their game and derail that train, there's nobody going to stop them. Nobody. And I think Ole Miss will will go on and win it. As, as it stands right now, and the problem is, whether it's Auburn or Arkansas that has to play them coming up, you got to beat them twice. And that's what's tough. Not saying it can't happen, but that's what's so tough about it is you have to beat that team twice to move on out of that round. So that's just what's so tough about it. I've got a phone call. Let me grab that real quick. We'll get them on the air. You could call in 334-321-1390. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Thanks for listening to On the Line. Please stay tuned as we take this phone call. You may get involved as well. Call 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Let's head to the phone lines, 334-321-1390. Our good buddy Terry, how are you, man? Jacob, I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. What you got for me? Jacob, I heard you talking a little bit about my favorite subject, and that's Auburn football. Oh, yeah. Now, you know as well as I do, while you were talking about the other sports doing well, and that's always that's awesome is what that is. That's just flat-out awesome. But you know that football is the locomotive that pulls the train. In you, state. You're right. Okay. Uh, and people have criticized me, said, well, Terry calls up and insults Brian Harson and puts him down, and you got to give the man a fair shot. you got to give him time. And I understand that to a degree. But, Jacob, what was Gus Malzahn's uh, early in his career? With his success against Alabama – why was he successful? Why was he successful? He was, su- he was successful because he forced Nick Saban to do something he didn't want to do. Yeah. That's yeah. why he was successful. You're right. Brian Harson is going to try to line up and, and beat Nick Saban and Kirby Smart at his own game. They're going to line up with a big physical offensive lineman and knock him off the ball and all that. That's what he wants to do. It won't work. They'll get, they'll get their hat handed to him. Now, if, if Brian Harson puts together some 10-2, and 9-3 type seasons – that's all well and good, but you know as well as others that the Warriors are going to come out and they're going to say, why aren't you beating your two biggest rivals? Yeah. Why are you losing 49 to nothing? That, that's why I've got something against Brian Harson. I don't think his philosophy is going to work at all. Now, I agree that the recruiting has been terrible, but if he's determined to line up and do that, then he's accepting the inevitable. And the inevitable is, the inevitable is getting his hat handed to him. I'll agree with you on that. If he just tries to go toe-to-toe physicality and talent-wise with Saban and – and um, Kirby Smart, Smart, you're 100%. He's going to lose. I mean, there's just no doubt about it. He can go, he can do that to an extent, but you're 100%. He's got to do something different, just like Gus Malzahn did. He made Nick Saban uncomfortable and showed him stuff that he hadn't seen before and couldn't stop. There's no doubt about it, Terry. I agree with you, man. He's going to have to do something different that that can beat Nick Saban. But now, I think at this point, there is a little bit of a blueprint on how to beat Nick Saban. Not a big one, but there is a little one. Well, he's still winning national titles, and I'm not sure Nick Saban ain't getting better and better and better. And and you know, just just that's just the combination of Nick Saban and the Alabama program is is almost unbeatable. Let's be honest. I just I just don't like where this is going. And everybody says recruiting, and you got to have good recruiting. I don't. And Malzahn did a terrible job of recruiting. We all know that he recruited a you know, bad offensive lineman. He recruited one offensive lineman, Braden Smith. So we know that. So, but but Brian Harson thinks he's going to line up and beat him. That that just. There's a lot of thinking there. I just don't. I don't understand it. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I'm not too sure. We're gonna have to find out. Terry, we're up against a break, man. It's okay. great to hear from you. Take care, Jake. That was Terry here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. When you talk about football and Brian Harson, look, Terry's 100 percent correct. If Brian Harson expects to go out there and line up physicality, man for man, talent for talent, with Nick Saban and Kirby Smart right now, Auburn's gonna lose every single time. That's just that's just a fact. 
He's got to throw something different at him. Throw everything but the kitchen sink, and then maybe the kitchen sink too. Throw it all at him. It's going to take something. I have confidence, but all we can do is wait and see. Stay tuned. My conversation with Zach Blackerby on the other side of this break. Stay tuned. Thirty more minutes left in the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goins with you here on this beautiful day. Sun is shining, some clouds in the sky, but man, it's a beautiful day out there. Hope you're all doing well on this Tuesday afternoon. Like I said, we got thirty minutes left here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Big thank you to Terry calling in right before we went to break. Uh, always, always got something on his mind with Auburn football. We always love hearing from Terry here on On the Line. Back in hour number one, I talked to Zach Blackerby, host of Locked on Auburn and with Auburn Daily about all things Auburn athletics. We talked a lot about this Auburn football program, of course, Auburn baseball in Omaha and Auburn basketball as the NBA draft is this week. And then we start diving into the Auburn football schedule a little bit. A, a segment I want to do with him uh, throughout the, the, the next couple of weeks, I guess. Same thing we're doing with Joey Blackwell from Bama Central like we did yesterday. I want to do that with, with Zach Blackerby as well. Start looking at the schedule a little bit, what we expect from, you know, from these games on Auburn's football schedule as we get closer to SEC Media Days. And then, of course, then we're going to talk all things of SEC Media Days. So that's what we're talking about with Zach Blackerby. That and then, of course, Auburn football, baseball, and basketball. So if you missed the interview in hour number one, I'm going to play it back right now. It's a great interview. He's got great stuff. So make sure uh, that you, t- you pay attention. He's got good stuff. Zach Blackerby of Locked on Auburn and Auburn Daily. Sit back, relax, enjoy. Zach Blackerby of Locked On Auburn and Auburn Daily here on On The Line. Zach, there's a lot going on in the Auburn sports world, so let's jump right into it. We'll start with Auburn football. They have hit the transfer portal yet again, bringing in their 10th player of the offseason in Marcus Bragg, the edge player from Western Kentucky. What are your reactions to to Marcus Bragg committing to the Tigers? Yeah, I I don't see a clear path to playing time with him, Jacob. I I think he was brought in as a depth piece, and I think a lot of people are okay with that. Look, I think Auburn gets more out of this addition than Marcus Bragg does. And, of course, we don't know what Marcus Bragg's, you know, personal situation is or what his goals are or anything like that. We have no idea. Um, We don't know what his relationship with his coaching staff or Rockbell and Tony. we, We don't know any of that. But just looking at it from the outside, looking in, you know, Auburn gets a guy that was a dude who was able to play 400 snaps last year for uh, the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. Um, good size, can play all across the defensive front. It's assumed he will be an edge defender, an edge rusher for the Auburn Tigers to offer some depth. And I think, you know, Auburn goes and gets uh, a guy that was a starter at Western Kentucky to agree to come in and probably be the fourth or fifth edge rusher on this team, which, you know, I think, I think the Tigers roster gets better because of him, but I, I don't think this is a boom or bust type of thing. I think it is just what it is. And Zach, what does it mean for Auburn to go after a guy that does have so much experience, a trend that I think Auburn is trying to repeat over time in the transfer portal? You know, it's interesting, Jacob, because I kind of predicted them to do the opposite when, at this point of the season or at this point of the year and part of the offseason, just because 
look, I don't understand going out and getting depth when this guy has one year less of eligibility. Yeah, you know, they did it, you know, plucking a talented guy out of um, Memphis as well. And it's like, it's great for Auburn, but like, what are these kids that are coming in getting out of it? Full-time starters at other schools, and they go up and move up to the SEC level, and they're presumed depth pieces. And look, this coaching staff's probably pitching them, you know, the chance to compete and things like that. But this kid's not beating out Derek Hall and Ecoliotis. It's not happening. I don't think he's beating out Dylan Brooks either. And so, um, experience is good. Obviously, you take it, but the it doesn't really answer the question long term of what does this edge position look like after 2022. Um, and, and to me, I think that's a pretty big concern. Same with the offensive line. I mean, there's there's a handful of position groups where it's like, okay, it's good right now, or it's manageable right now, but what do you do after the season? This ad doesn't um, doesn't really do anything to impact that. Talking to Zach Blackerby of Locked On Auburn and Auburn Daily, you're talking about Marcus Bragg not maybe not having a clear path to playing time. You alluded to only having one year of eligibility left. Do you think it was maybe something that Auburn was selling that he was interested in, that he would come here rather than go somewhere else where he would have some more playing time? I think there's a chance Auburn missed on some other guys. I, I, I do not think Bragg was Auburn's first choice. You know, that Theodore dude out of U, uh, UCLA, I think Auburn really wanted him. There's been a few other guys that they've talked to in the portal that have gone elsewhere. I think this was just a guy that's like, you know, we've got plenty of scholarship spots. He makes our roster better. I think he's better than giving a scholarship to a walk-on. Uh, and Auburn's got plenty of scholies to give. So I, I think it makes sense. Like, look, I, 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 this, he makes Auburn's roster better. There's no question about it. That's not debatable. It's just, you know, how much, how much is he going to impact what happens on the field in 2022? I, I think it's pretty slim. And look, even when he gets on the field, you know, and there's a chance that they see something in him, and it's like, you know, if they change a few things regarding technique, you know, he's going to be able to get a whole lot better. But Cole Pinkston with, with AuburnLive.com, the On3 site, he did a great job breaking, it, uh, breaking down this commitment, and he used a few gifs to kind of illustrate this. And then I saw it when I was watching some of the tape that I could find on YouTube, is this guy has one move, and he's big. He's like 6'4", 260. Um, he'll power, you know, he just uses like a bull rush, a power rush. He pushes you back into the pocket, and then it allows him as defenders to do that. In the SEC, you can't do that. In the SEC, you have to have different, um, different tools, different tools in, you know, in your arsenal. You got to be able to have a rip. You got to be able to have a swim. You got to be able to have a spin. You know, you got to be able to do all these different things. And I'm just not confident he can do that. Um, but maybe they saw something in him. Maybe they can develop him in the short time that he'll be here. And, Zach, this is the 10th player that Auburn has brought in through the transfer portal this offseason. Look, I thought they were done two or three players ago, but yet they still go out and grab a couple more. Of the 10 that Auburn has brought in, are you impressed with what Auburn football has done in the transfer portal this offseason? I think so. I, you know, I think they added some starters. Obviously, the quarterback. You know, I, I think Calzado or Ashford, probably Calzado will be the starter there. Um, I think Jason Jones is going to be a great add. You may not see the true fruits of that this season, but I think after this season he's going to be able to have the opportunity to have a huge role, and he certainly could have a big role in 2022. I like the Eugene Asante add. I like the DJ James add at corner. I love Craig McDonald. He may be one of Auburn's best defenders this year. I just think the sky's the limit with him. 
Uh, does Alan Warsham offers you some depth in the future? He's got plenty of eligibility left. And then Coy Moore of LSU, I think he could be an absolute stud for the Tigers this season and for the next few seasons because he's got plenty of eligibility as well. So I, I like it. I like it. I, I still think you need more in some positions. And I'm not really talking about getting guys that can help you this season. I'm talking about guys that can kind of help you in the offensive line room after 2022 because you're going to probably lose. You got a chance to lose off of your starters after this season. The same with the defensive line. Um, go out and get some defensive linemen outside of Jason Jones that'll be able to help you after this season. Um, we haven't really seen that. So they're not done. And there's plenty of guys in the portal that are talented and are former, you know, sought after recruits that are just kind of sitting in the portal waiting for somebody to call and, and you know, a, a fit to be had. But, you know, these guys have plenty of years of eligibility left. I expected Auburn to go get more redshirt freshmen and redshirt sophomores from the portal, and we haven't really seen that yet, but there's still plenty of time. On the phone with Zach Blackerby of Locked On Auburn and Auburn Daily, switching over to baseball now. Of course, Auburn baseball still mm. alive in Omaha after dropping yeah. their first game against Ole Miss. They're still alive after a fantastic game yesterday. Uh, just speak to the resilience and the fight in this Auburn baseball team that we have seen all postseason long. Well, you know, you, you see coaches go after guys that have a certain character trait and certain personality. And all of these guys have the same mentality under Butch Thompson. And they're just going to fight until they can't fight anymore. And I think, I think Cole Foster really showed that in a nutshell. I mean, the guy was exhausted. It took him forever to get to second base on that huge double. But he did it because he's wanted to do this for his entire life. And so props to him for doing that. Props to him. You know, I don't know what's better, Michael Jordan's flu game or what Cole Foster did yesterday. <laughs> Uh, but uh, obviously really, really cool to see. And so this team's gotten better throughout the course of the season. They hit a little bit of a slump late in the regular season, and then you know their bats really took a backseat against uh, what Ole Miss did in their opening action in the College World Series. But uh, Delusha for Ole Miss just picked them apart. He was incredible. So they bounce back against Stanford, which is outstanding. And then obviously they take on a really good Arkansas team, an Arkansas team, that beat them two out of three times this season. Granted, that series was in Fayetteville, um, and Auburn hung with them. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Arkansas did a bullpen game yesterday, so we'll see what that does for their reserves and you know if Auburn can get their starter out of the game quickly, what that means. I think that's got to be definitely the goal. Um, but, yeah, this Auburn team could certainly win tonight, and that put them in the Final Four, Jacob. And if you would have told all of us that at the start of the season, we all would have taken it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We definitely would have taken it, and it seems to, to to come up that Auburn, in their first game against Ole Miss, they lost against the hottest team in college baseball. I don't think anybody can deny that, especially after their uh, their defeat or their their win over Arkansas. And so, let me ask you this: Speaking with Zach Blackerby of Locked On Auburn and Auburn Daily, if Auburn is to win tonight. How far can they go? Do you think this team is fully equipped to win a national championship? I think they're in a tough spot right now. I mean, if they would have beaten Ole Miss in game one, I think it's a little bit different. But it's just tough. I mean, think about the path that's in front of them now. you got to beat Arkansas once, and then you got to beat Ole Miss twice. And then uh, you're probably playing Oklahoma in a two-out-of-three series, and they're, they're playing really good ball right now. So I don't know. 
I don't know if they're – I think from a personnel standpoint, they could do it. But just with the, the how difficult it is to overcome that first loss in Omaha, it's tough. It's really, really tough. But they certainly could do it. It's just they got quite the uphill battle. But, hey, that starts tonight at 6 o'clock. Absolutely. And now we'll talk a little bit of basketball with the NBA draft being this week, this Thursday night. Obviously, the talk around here is – Will Jabari Smith be the number one overall pick? The betting odds say that he will be, but some of the lines have been moving. I've been kind of watching it over the last week or so. Some of the lines are moving, and some guys are moving up and down. What's your take on on the NBA draft and if Jabari Smith will go number one overall this week? Yeah, yeah, they're, they're kind of had an interesting discussion yesterday with the odds for Paolo rising up. You know, could Orlando possibly go with, you know, the Duke superstar. I think it's still going to be Jabari, you know, just reading some stuff, um, you know, that cover the Orlando Magic. Jabari is the only player they've had to come in and work out. Um, the Magic have invited the Auburn um, alumni base in Orlando to, to come and watch the game at their draft party. And to me, I think that's, I think that's enough. I think they know what they're doing there. There's a huge alumni base there for the Tigers, and I think the Magic are aware of that. And to me, I think it, it starts and ends with Jabari Smith. I think that's who it's going to be. But, you know, the NBA, they want to stir up some drama, and I, I don't blame them for that. I think they absolutely should. Um, but, yeah, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be Jabari at number one, Jacob. And, you know, tell – if the Orlando Magic were happen to be listening to this show and listening to you speak over on this topic – why should they take Jabari Smith number one overall as a basketball player? I think he's an alpha. I think he makes your team better. I think he's a fighter. I think he's going to put in more work than anybody else in the draft because uh, that's what he's been doing since he was like 12 years old. He's wanted to be an NBA player. And having a father like he does um, that's done it, he knows what it takes. He knows what it takes more than anybody else. And so I think that's a big part of it. And you can kind of get into – the X's and O's, and I talked to the, you know, the host of Locked On Magic, and he explained to me how he thinks he'll be a better NBA player with his skill set than a college player, which is a super interesting thing. Usually it's the other way around. So um, there, there's a lot to like. He can score from anywhere on the floor. He's going to give you more effort on defense than anybody else in this draft. I think that's been proven. Um, I mean, he, he, he's just going to make your team better. And obviously I think the Orlando Magic – and the Oklahoma City Thunder, because I don't think it'll slide past those two teams. Like They're going to need more than just Jabari Smith right, to, to make them a good basketball team. But, man, what a great piece. What a great start. Talking to Zach Blackerby of Locked On Auburn and Auburn Daily, Zach, we're ending, you know, we're getting to the end of the month of June. We're still, you know, 70 something days away from the college football season. I want to start diving into Auburn's football schedule just a little bit here in this, uh, in this phone call. The first two games on Auburn football schedule, Mercer and San Jose State, both night games at home. It's, it's the first two of five straight home games for Auburn football to start the season. Obviously, those are games that you want to see Auburn win. They should win against Mercer and San Jose State. But what are some things that you are looking for in those first two games of the season before the big matchup with Penn State? Yeah, I think uh, I think the big thing is quarterback play, right? Do, do they are they sharp? Whoever wins the job, do we just see one guy with the starters? Is it going to be a rotation? Like uh, everything about the quarterback situation is interesting. 
And I think the wide receiver rotation will be some interesting things that we can take away from that. Do they kind of go with four or five guys and they leave those guys in for the entire first half? Do they rotate more often? Um, how often does Shedrick Jackson come off the field? There's a lot to look at there. And then, you know, formationally, I think they're going to hide a lot of things. So you may see less two tight end fronts. You may see John Samuel Shanker not all over the field because why would you show Penn State that? Um, then defensively, uh, I think it's all about personnel. You know, who you're starting corners in those two games. How often are they in nickel? Um, you know, a, a lot of formational stuff on defense I think will be more interesting from a personnel standpoint as far as, you know, how often do they go with two linebackers? Who are the two linebackers? Does Owen Papo look good? Um, there'll be a lot of little things I think we can pick up on. But obviously, you know, how much they beat San Jose State or Mercer by um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. you got to use those games to get better and learn more about yourself before you get ready for Penn State. And, Zach, how important is it for those first two games, not just to be at home, but to be night games inside Jordan-Hare? Because we all know the difference of atmosphere between the day games at Jordan-Hare and the night games at Jordan-Hare, especially in early September here in the state of Alabama. Yeah, and a lot of people are talking about, you know, maybe Penn State won't be ready for the heat. And I'm like, I, I don't know if I'm buying that. I, I would have rather taken the night game against Penn State, obviously for recruiting, but then obviously the, uh, the environment as well. There's just so many perks to it. Um, but, yeah, you know, I, I think the, the 2.30 game is cool. You're on CBS. Some people are really into that. Um, I think with streaming becoming more and more popular, I don't think that really matters as much as it used to, but whatever. But, you, you know, I, I think obviously Penn State is going to be uh, hungry. I think they're going to want to have a lot to prove. A lot of people are kind of counting them out in the Big Ten, much like a lot of people are counting Auburn out in the SEC. So um, it's going to be a big prove-it game for, for, uh, for both teams. Well, Zach, I appreciate you and your time. As always, in the coming weeks, we're going to continue to dive through this Auburn football schedule as we get closer to SEC media days and then ultimately as we get closer to the countdown and the kickoff to the 2022 college football season. I appreciate you and your time, man. Let everybody know where they can keep up with everything you're doing. Yeah, just search Locked on Auburn wherever you consume any form of media or content. We will pop up there your favorite podcast app youtube google wherever and then uh check out auburndaily.com for some of our written work that is a uh, sports illustrated's auburn site auburndaily.com that was the conversation with zach blackerby from locked on auburn and auburn daily stay tuned we'll be back to wrap up the tuesday edition of on the line Wrapping up the Tuesday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goins with you. We've got a few more minutes before we get out of here. Make sure you stay tuned from 4 to 6. It'll be The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck right here on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 in Birmingham and Sylacauga. It's been a great show today, man. If you missed any of it, make sure you go and find the podcast. Just search On The Line wherever you get your podcast. It'll be uploaded immediately following today's show, so make sure you go and find that. If you missed my interview with Zach Blackerby, host of Locked On Auburn and with Auburn Daily, make sure you go and find that or anything else from today's show. Go and find the podcast. Just search On The Line wherever you get your podcast. 
We've got about two more minutes before we get out of here. A little score update. Texas A&M still on top, 5 to nothing on Notre Dame as uh, that game is winding down to the last couple of innings. Auburn baseball plays tonight, 6 o'clock against Arkansas. And for final take, man, you're not going to want to hear it. I got a bad feeling about tonight. I really do. I got a bad feeling about this game tonight. I want Auburn to win. I think Auburn can win. And... I think they have the talent to do so. I think a rally yesterday was a good a good way to win that game yesterday. It gave Auburn a little momentum. I just got a bad feeling about tonight. I hope Auburn wins. They better show up and be ready to play in the very first inning. I can promise you that. I just I just don't know. I think Auburn, again, I think Auburn can win. I think Auburn has a lot of talent on both sides, but I've got a bad feeling about tonight. I think Arkansas wins tonight. That's my final take is I think Arkansas wins tonight. And I I just think Arkansas has it put together a little bit more for nine innings. I know they got blown out yesterday by Ole Miss. I think Arkansas wins tonight. And I think Ole Miss wins the whole thing. I mean, the way they're playing right now, I just don't see anybody beating them in two games right now the way they are playing. Unless somebody just completely throws them off their game I just don't know if anybody can beat Ole Miss. Of course, we'll talk about it more uh, throughout the rest of this week and then into early next week with the College World Series. But my final take, man, I feel really bad about tonight. I, I just, I don't know. Something, something tells me that tonight will be the end for Auburn baseball. I hope not. I hope not. I promise you, I hope not. War Eagle, watch the game 6 o'clock on ESPN. If, if Auburn wins tonight... Please come in here tomorrow. Call me tomorrow and tell me, Jacob, you were wrong. And I'll say, that's right. I was wrong. My final take, I think Arkansas wins tonight. Auburn season will be over. I hope not, but we'll find out. That's it for the Tuesday edition of On the Line. I'll be back tomorrow. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.